Released on Sunday, May 25th, 2014, in St. Louis, Missouri, This Agile Life, Episode 50, Tice Doesn't Have a Dirty Bone in His Body. Our exclusive sponsorship tonight is CodeShip. CodeShip is continuous deployment made simple. Try CodeShip for free. Setup only takes three minutes at CodeShip.io. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. I'm the host of This Agile Life, John Sextro. Joining me today are my co-hosts, Craig Buchek. Hello, everybody. Hey, Craig. Welcome back. We've missed you. Thanks. We're glad you're back. Also joining me tonight, the Agile Factor, Jason Tice. Hey, John. I have some friends now that don't think that the one-hour pair switch is all that it's cracked up to be. Oh, interesting. Speaking of one-hour pair switch, the old ad cron on Twitter, Amos King. Hello, hello. Fighting tech debt every moment of the day. You're right. a tech debt gunslinger. I am. I'm a, a tech debt financial planner. Which, Amos, you know what that really means. It means you're really trying to improve, which I appreciate. I love you, Tice. Speaking of improving, we may have a retrospective tonight and a podcast will break out. (laughs) So, the idea for our show tonight is indeed to have a retrospective of this Agile Life podcast. And, of course, we don't have a full complement of our host with us tonight, but we have what I would consider a quorum. And uh, for the for the sake of the podcast, I think that is acceptable. Do you agree? Uh, is that quorum C O R E space um or the other quorum? The other quorum. Hey, this has always been bad at spelling. Okay. <laughs> he just spells it phonetically. Well, all kidding aside, I think you could say that we with the podcast here, we're a little loosely coupled, so I think that's okay. But for those that might be listening that are interested in learning more about retrospectives, if you're in a team that has a context, know that the idea of having a retrospective without having all of your team members' presence is something you should avoid. But I think for tonight, we could go on and on. I think we all have some things we've learned uh, having done 50 episodes of this podcast that might be interesting to discuss. We kind of, sticking with our theme of not planning... Show, show topics and waiting until the last responsible moment, such as right before I hit record on the recorder to figure out what we're going to talk about. I don't have any sort of like a retrospective game or anything prepared for us. So let's talk about planning to start with then. We'll do topics. Sometimes retros are topic based, sometimes they're game based. All right. Let's do topics. Let's right. talk about planning. Let's talk about planning then. What do you guys think about our planning for the show? I think we should do more. Because when we do an episode about DHH's talk and we haven't read DHH's talk or blog post on his talk, uh, it makes us look bad. Tice. <laughs> I read his blog post. Okay, so stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop for a second. Craig, Craig was good about saying we. Yeah, yeah. And I, gotta, I pointed fingers. We gotta point well, this okay, out. But Amos points fingers. Well, I don't like that about him. I think it's funny <laughs> that Craig brought because I will share. So we do do a little bit of planning, and in complete honesty, you know, I've done broadcasting work before, and when I broadcasting work before, we had a very heavy planning process. We would have a pre-show meeting. It would take about probably half the time that we were on the air. And something I want to thank you guys for is I think the fact that we focus on putting out a weekly episode of This Agile Life 
Since we're focusing more on releasing and less on planning, it actually enables us to ensure we're providing value. I agree with you, Jason. I feel like if we spent too much time worrying about what we're going to talk about, we'd spend less time actually doing the talking and therefore maybe not get to the point where we had a consistent weekly show. Yeah, well, I... And one of the things I'm about to throw out there, you know, is that if you guys go back in the archives, I don't even, I have to admit, I don't know, John, maybe you can clarify. When we uh, started this thing back in 2012, we used to like record our pre-show, which was kind of like a meeting before we went on the air, but we started recording. Those went on for about 30 minutes, and then we would do an episode that was like an hour, and... It's like almost these days we've cut that out. You know, nowadays we have a kind of we get online and we just kind of rant and rave, but we don't plan. And then yeah, we just we kind just of yes. Well, we uh, talk uh, about things. I, I, I like the organic nature of our conversations. I think that they make them real conversations. I do kind of miss that hour beforehand where we just sit around and talk about our day and just bullshit with each other. Because I think that a lot of good topics come out of that. And lately, we've been like, hey, we're recording at 8.30, and we start recording at 8.30. And we just do a show, and we leave. And I kind of miss the camaraderie before the show, because I think it makes the show itself a little better. The problem I have with not planning is I can't have any facts to back up what I'm saying. So I can't be prepared with facts. But I like it because it's real. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't just have opinions, you know, for an hour. Yeah, but Craig, what what are you looking for facts on? I mean, I guess I, I say this having, I guess one of the things I've explored in life is, you know, as, as Amos loves to bring up uh, MBAs here, something they teach you in business school is, you know, how to write a business case and get all your facts so that if you get up there in front of the boss, you know, he can't throw darts at you and, and find ways to criticize you. But what's wrong here with speaking our mind and, and maybe we're sharing our own opinions and our viewpoints and our experiences. And so we don't need to have like a, you know, a research list of things to back us up. I think if you have two people, you need that. But if, with the amount of people that we have here, like the, just the back and forth, I think is good. We get a lot of opinions and a lot of understanding. It's experience talking, not I went and read this online. And I want to hear about your experiences, your real life experiences, not some statistics you read about. Yeah, but when someone's experience says, you know, TDD is not helpful, I'd like some facts to back up the fact that I'm pretty sure it is helpful. Especially when there's a a topic such as the one you referenced, Craig, with TDD and DHH. There were a couple of other examples where we had guests on, like we had Dave Thomas on. He was speaking about his blog post about using the word agile. We also had Woody Zool on talking about mob programming. We had Llewellyn Falco on talking about approval tests. And if we had all come into those conversations completely cold without having done the necessary prep work, we would not have been able to have had the appropriate level of knowledge and and background to have had those conversations. So can we say that when we have a focused topic with a guest or with something like DHH's talk or blog posts, like we have a targeted thing, we should definitely be researching that thing before we get here. Yeah, but but I guess Amos, you know, and if this is a true retro, this is where we get to the point we have the big fight in the retro because... I did that, you know, and I guess I just knew to do that because we had enough awareness that we were going to talk about this thing, and either it was this last-minute cram job of, you know, reading the blog post at the last minute, or in some instances, we had a few days to know, like, we knew when we were going to have Dave, and we knew when we were going to have Llewellyn on that we could do some research, and I guess we didn't talk about it as a group, but I did that, so you're kind of saying you did it. Is that true? No, I did. I thought that you didn't, so... We had a Twitter message from DHH saying that someone in the podcast said that they hadn't 
So maybe. So I said that I had not. Without looking had, back at that podcast, we don't know. I said that I had not had a chance to watch his presentation, but I did read the blog post. So I was being transparent, basically, with the amount of information that I had about the topic. I watched the talk in double speed, and I had read the blog post like the day it came out. I think it was another member of the podcast who's not here to discuss this that mentioned he had not read the blog post and asked Craig to summarize it for him, but, which but Craig is that, did. Is that a bad thing to have an outside perspective who's no. hearing from us? No, I think that was I think that complaint was a bullshit complaint. Well, and hey, can I, you know, no, try- I think it looks unprofessional when you're not reading what you're responding to. Okay, but so I, I agree with you, Craig, but at the same time, I think that it, it's kind of nice to have that perspective that hasn't been like caught up in it. And I guess I want to pivot this a little differently because I'm curious. So what happens when you're in the retro and there's this kind of elephant in the room that's caused by someone who's not at the retro? You know, so as John mentioned, I think the comment in particular was made by someone who's not here tonight. What do you do? I don't think you can carry on the discussion any further, at least that particular component of it, without the person. Well, I, I don't think that we need to talk about the person, but we can still talk about yeah, the yeah. and what we think as a team should happen moving forward. Well, no, but Usually, they- if it's worth discussing, then it's something that's happened from more than one person. Like, Amos and I have our favorite retrospective that we called because someone screwed something up, and... But we called the retrospective not because someone screwed it up. We called it because I had screwed it up the week before, and Amos had screwed it up the week before that, and someone screwed it up this week. So that's what a retrospective usually is about. I, I, guess, I guess I'm just saying for those listening out there that maybe haven't listened to all 49 prior episodes of This Agile Life and have absolutely no idea about what we're talking about. Well, is stop it- right now. Wait. You guys, we're, we'll wait for you. Install <laughs> those and come back. Go back. Okay. Right. In the meantime, if you don't want to invest... 50 hour or 49 hours of your time. I guess I, I had this happen today. So you're in a retro and, you know, someone's either they're out, they're on vacation, they're sick, yet it kind of comes up in the retro that, you know, they may have caused a problem and you are either in the retro or maybe you're the facilitator of the retro and you realize that that person is not there. What do you do? If it's truly a person problem and not a team problem, it's not a retro topic. It's Agile doesn't prescribe anything for people problems, individual problems. That's why you have management structure. You take. I think the retro it. topic. I think that it can be the team talking to that person, but you can't do that without them there. So as soon as you realize that, if it truly is a single person problem, then you say, you know what? Let's wait till they're back. Yeah. Well, and I think that's. I mean, I would agree, Amos. I think that's the right thing. But I, I think there's. You know, if you're the facilitator of that retro as the scrum master, if you're a third party facilitator know that that's something the facilitator needs to do and the facilitator really needs to be an advocate for the people who are not there to really speak their minds and ensure that the retrospective stays safe for all parties involved and an advocate is not someone who says what your opinion is when you're not there one thing i would like to ask is unless their name is amos one thing i would like to i have all the important opinions so it doesn't matter (laughs) if i can butt in here as the nope I would like to ask I. I would like to ask for the sake of our retro and for the sake of, for the betterment of the show that we we give each person speaking an opportunity to complete their thought before we jump in on top of them with a response or additional information. Are you done? <laughs> uh, yes. I actually had that problem with facilitating my retros because we have a big team. 
we have like about 16 developers and sometimes we have managers and QA people there. So it's, it can be over 20 people. And so that gives the opportunity to be for people to not contribute, for people to be quiet. And so I've come up with a way with Amos's help to start calling on people and asking for their opinion instead of waiting for them to express it. What do you guys think about that? Because one of the things that I've always done is not necessarily call on people, right? I start off with something where I allow people to speak, but oftentimes there are people in a retrospective that like to talk more than others. There are people that have good information to provide potentially, but they're either they're talked over by by the vocal few and then they don't get their opinion out. I like to use, you know, some sort of a mechanism, some sticky note based game where everybody gets an equal opportunity to take five minutes and, you know, write something down. Maybe we're doing anchors and sales or the timeline thing and, and then give people a chance to post those things up and then kind of accumulate that information so that everybody had their equal chance to talk. Amos. So I think this is great and I think the conversation is great, but this comes to one of the things that I think we should talk about in our retro, which is focus, is we came here to have a retro tonight, but yet we start talking about how to facilitate retros, how we should work during a retro, instead of talking about how we are going to improve the show moving forward. I think and, we should focus we more. Have, we do. We have a lot of that in our shows. I think that's great with orga- because we're going to have organic conversations. That's going to happen. We're going to get a little sidetracked. And so do we bring it back or do we let it go? And and I, I'm not going to complain about it because I kind of like it when it goes. And I also kind of like it when it gets brought back. I think it's good for us just to go with our thoughts. We need a parking lot. Well, it, and it's hard for the listeners. If we branch off topics, if we start on something and we branch off topics, and then I pull us back off of that topic or someone else pulls us back off of that topic, a lot of times the listeners are unhappy with that or have expressed unhappiness because they wanted to hear what we had to say because we started that conversation. So the focus thing is important not to break the focus, because once we do, then we're down that path, and we've kind of spoiled things, and now we we have to talk that out to conclusion, and then maybe some other people are unhappy because we never finished the conversation that we initially started. What so do you guys I think, think the parking lot might help with that. So a parking lot is basically a list of things you wanted to talk about, tangents sort of that you want to talk about, but without sort of interrupting the current topic. So you get to both talk about the tangents and not interrupt so much the main topic thread. So the parking lot, does the parking lot go into like a backlog and maybe for a future episode if we're going too long? And then do we groom that backlog and how do we groom it? Do we, do we now, come up usually, with some criteria? Usually you try to address it, you know, later, like, you would have like a little whiteboard on the side, and when you're finished with your current topic, then you go back to whatever that tangent is you wanted to talk about. I would like to say thank you to Jason, because in the past, Jason has done uh, facilitated a bit of a parking lot for the show and had created a document at one point that had a number of potential conversation topics oh, in it. Oh, it's still there. It's really long now. It needs to be groomed. And, and again, to your credit, Jason, <laughs> you've been one of the main driving factors behind... Th- a Thanks for being of, our valet. Although Jason. I will admit, I think I'm the the genesis now. Um, and the thing that I just want to draw focus to is that you know a retrospective, and I've as a coach, I've had an opportunity to observe a lot of retrospectives, and it is something where number one, 
Number one, it needs to be facilitated. I think there's a lot of people that say, hey, we could just show up and wing it or the team can kind of figure it out. There is a process. So I'd like to draw focus to that. And I think what we're talking about here is really good to say that that facilitator, be it a member of the team or be it, you know, a third party, there's a list of things you need to do, like, you know, maintain a parking lot, you know, decide if the, if the conversation is good or even simply if the conversation's good, but, you know, there's a time constraint because maybe there's a meeting room, you need to share the meeting room or, you know, the team only has so much time, you know, you do kind of need to help the team be successful. And so if that means you need to, you know, redirect back to the specific topic they started at, that's the job of the facilitator. And that's an important job. Sometimes I work with facilitators that are they're kind of afraid to intervene, but understand that if you are the facilitator, that's your role and you're there to help the team ensure they get the value out of that, out of that discussion. So this is John's opportunity since I brought up this idea of saying, hey, let's start giving uh, retrospective facilitator tips at our own retrospective to say maybe we're done with this and we should go back to reflecting specifically on things we've learned from the last 49 episodes of This Agile Life. Definitely. And I would like to encourage our listeners while we have a moment to send us a tweet at This Agile Life to let us know how you feel about our focus and the flow of our conversations, because I took it upon myself to represent the interest of the listener and say that I had received some feedback about that. And uh, this is another piece of feedback that we could use to improve ourselves. Uh, I think Craig wanted to weigh in on this. So what I've learned is if you hear your name referenced on a podcast a few times, you can join the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can you elaborate on that? So I was driving in my car one morning, and uh, I'm listening to This Agile Life, and Amos brings up my name. And it happened a second time, and I was listening, and uh, I'm like, hey, I-, I think I should come on your podcast if you're going to keep referencing me. Joe Barnes. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> yep. Is that all I have to do? Just rattle names off here, and we'll have more... <laughs> It's like Beetlejuice. It's the Beetlejuice version of hosts. Okay. Can we start reading the name of the people on the Agile Manifesto? (laughs) Yeah. We got got at least one down. Do we have more than one down or just one? Let's bring it back in. Let's bring it back in. But you know what? But you know what's funny is I do want to say, I think if you're not familiar, um, and really for all the members of the Agile community, including those that got it started, uh, you know, everyone in the Agile community is very open. As someone who's, you know, helping with conference planning and things out there on my own, it's very rare that you ever go to someone and ask for help or say, hey, you know, you want to come on this Agile Life or do you want to present at this conference that you don't get someone who says... Sure, I'll do it. Or maybe if they're not able to do it, they might have a colleague they'll refer you to. And I think that's very unique about this whole community. And so my my ask is that if you're a newer member of the community, understand that that's the environment you're coming into. And I'd ask that you think about keeping your, your mind open about sharing your views, being respectful of others, and contributing. Very good. Let's take a break from the retrospective for a second. I want to give you guys a moment to collect your thoughts, think about other topics that you would like to discuss on the retro. And I would like to tell everyone about our friends at CodeShip. CodeShip, guys, is the exclusive sponsor of This Agile Life. And CodeShip is continuous deployment made simple. As many of you are aware by now, I have personally set up my project on CodeShip. It was super simple. Using Node.js allows me to, uh, as soon as I push my changes out to uh, my GitHub repo, CodeShip picks those up, pulls them in, runs my tests, and I'm able to verify that everything is working. Real simple, right through CodeShip. I was worried that CodeShip wouldn't support some of the things that I was using, Node.js and uh, Amazon EC2 Cloud and some other things, but they do. It's great. They integrate with just about every cloud service out there, every platform, every language uh, within the past 
zillion years or so, I think they support. I'm not official on the zillion years thing, but you can check it out. They don't support Amos, the language. That's too bad. Well, I'm sure I they would say work is on I'd that. like to thank Codeship because I've never been to a retrospective that had a commercial in the middle of it. Well, now you have. <laughs> now you have, Jason. There's a first for everything, but that's not bad. I mean, sometimes in a retrospective, conversations get heated. Amos knows all about this, and sometimes you need to cool off, so that's Don't great. touch my freaking chair, Tice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a background of that. If you guys want to know, tweet at me. I was not in that retro. All I know is I think the entire office knew about that retro because we could hear it, and the people across the street could hear it, too. You know that your team has first-world problems when the biggest thing you have to bring up at a retro is chairs. You've brought that up in a rapid episode before. Well, I'll bet they have some really nice retros at CodeShip because CodeShip has some of the nicest people on the planet. You guys should really check them out. They have a great blog at blog.codeship.io. It's amazing. It has a ton of helpful advice, videos, tutorials, and just a ton of helpful stuff. And they're so, going to love me. You tweet them, they will respond. Although they may not after 300, 600 people tweet them. Software development, guys, is hard enough. Let CodeShip make continuous deployment simple for you. Check them out today. We have our own URL with them, codeship.io slash thisagilelife. All right, hopefully my co-hosts have gathered their thoughts and now have some, some new topics that we can discuss for our retro. Okay, so I really want to talk about how we can involve our listeners into the podcast a little more. I know that every once in a while we get tweets from them and suggestions and we jump on that, but is there a way that we can involve them a little more? We, we started the community. community has 14 people. That's fantastic. I'd like it to grow bigger. Is there something we can do to get more people there and more people into the podcast bowl? You know, it's funny, Amos. I was considering this recently myself. I listened to a number of podcasts, and I actually listened to a podcast about podcasting, very meta, I know. And the topic. Which one was that? It's called The Podcast Answer Man. Very good show. I, everything I know about podcasting has, I've just about learned from Cliff Ravenscraft on The Podcast Answer Man. He talked about getting listeners more involved into podcasts. There's a bit of a barrier because when people are listening to us, first of all, it's very powerful because they have headphones in usually and, uh, you know, you're right there kind of almost with the person, right? And they're, they're participating, nearly participating in the conversation. But if you give them some sort of call to action, like to send us a tweet or to send us an email or to propose a show topic or to ask us a question, it's tough because they could be driving in the car, they could be out walking the dog, could be doing laundry, folding laundry, doing the dishes or whatever, and then they may say, I'm gonna, I need to tell Tice something about this, and as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go tell them. But then when they get back to the computer or they have that time, the emotion about it has left. The motivation to send in the listener feedback has, has left them, and it's not that they didn't want to engage, it's just that the moment has passed. So I think that's tough, and I would love for ideas from you guys on how we can help carry that momentum. Jason has an idea. So so what you're talking about, and it's funny, I was going to ask what phase of the retrospective we're at, because we seem to have moved on to brainstorming future improvements, not knowing if we've discovered all the issues in the first place. But, <laughs> sorry, I was going to ask the facilitator to clarify, which phase of the retrospective are we in? I like to mix the phases. 
Oh, okay. We will have a retrospective <laughs> on that. Okay. I like a good mixer once in a while. We want to drive engagement. And so one thing that I'm just going to throw out there is we're expecting a lot because, you know, as you mentioned, John, some people listen in a disconnected state where they're not able to respond. But the simple thing is, you know, we do, um, for those of you that don't know, we, we have a simple scheduling process that typically has about, I'd say, 48 hours of lead time for when those of us who are actually going to record a session of This Agile Life, you know, decide when we're going to do it. And... To be simple, there isn't any reason why we couldn't advertise that and make that open to people who want to listen in as we do this live. I did a webinar this week that was part of a a different channel, but we got like 15 different live questions that were asked by different people in the webinar, and we answered about a quarter of those during the time we had. And those were people who were like listening in live as we were talking, and they heard it. So if we simply advertised when we were doing this, I don't think we're going to have a ton of people show up, but we might have three or four, and we might be able to engage it back and forth. Um, you could use Twitter, or maybe we could even explore how to include them in the audio feed somehow. Yeah, there's definitely ways to live stream what we're doing via like Ustream or Justin TV, other ways like that. I mean, it could be even real simple. We could just like go to Twitter right now and say, hey guys, we're recording this Agile Life right now. Give us a question right now. And, and, and we do that. We, we usually do that. I mean, Amos... Amos is kind of our social media maven, and he usually handles that for us. Yeah, I almost always tweet as soon as we're starting to to record. And so what kind of metrics? We even have an IRC channel that we never use. (laughs) That's old stuff. Because we're trying to push our private Google Plus community, and the IRC channel would cannibalize our... So can I ask, John, maybe that's a good thing. Well, I think there's a difference between the community and the IRC channels. The IRC channel is more of a let's have a conversation with each other right now. And and the community is here's a piece of what I think and here's another piece of what someone else thinks, like big chunks. And I view them as different things. But let me ask, are we overthinking the problem and maybe we're actually fragmenting our user base? And if we only had a single channel out there to capture feedback, if that was the community, IRC, or maybe even just Twitter, that if we had a single channel, we would get higher conversion. Only one person has ever been in the IRC channel except for Craig and I. Well... And they got two hours of free coaching from Amos King. Well, that's value. <laughs> that so, is value. Uh, I guess I'm just saying that are we overthinking the problem? Mm. And, you know, it's that classic point that if you design an app, you know, you could put a bunch of features in it. But are you putting the features in it that you really want? And are you making your app too hard to use that users will abandon it? Mm, I don't know. Maybe we've overcomplicated the procedure by which you can give feedback to this agile life that we aren't getting any. I think a tweet is not too difficult. I think we are trying to solve a social issue with technical solutions, though. Yeah, I mean, my feeling is sending in a tweet is probably the lowest viscosity mechanism for giving us feedback because you can we, do it when you're walking this. the dog. You're talking over me. I'm sorry. Well, why don't you go ahead now because I'm done. I just said we get those. We do get tweets from people. Yeah, we have some very... Uh, very engaged tweeters on the Twitter on the on the Twitter <laughs> universe thing on the internet pipes. So, are there? Do you guys have any other thoughts or ideas for how we could increase listener feedback and involvement? I mean, I would even go as far as to say that I would open this up to if if like Jason recommended engaging starting engagement maybe forty eight hours before the actual recording, and I would be willing to open us up to having a listener who had a question or a specific 
topic to join us for all or part of the show to present the topic and then engage with us on that topic. I would love to have any listener come on the show well, with, I, I, with a topic, but maybe like like a lot of us, we have some engagement in the private community that we have. That's We have fantastic conversations there with a, a limited number of people. There's like 14 people in that community, and I would like to grow that community to like 50. So how can we get there? Right now we have a, like you support the podcast so you get into the community, and, and it's pretty minimal. I don't remember what it is. You, you might have to remind me, John. $2 a month, I believe. Two bucks. So, so for $2 a month, you get four hours of recording plus however much engagement you get out of the community, which I think has been pretty fantastic. You also have all of our old listeners on there. But is there something we could do to like jumpstart that to get a few more people in there and a few more ideas? I'm even willing to get rid of the $2 barrier. If that's what's what? limiting it, I just thought it would be a nice way to get a little bit of value back from the listeners for the value that we provide. Jason so has something. What if, what if we just gave them, uh, like we said, the next 50 people who sign up, uh, we refund their money? Yes. We could let them in for free, but then I'd, I'd want right. to give... Well, and it's 2 bucks a month. It's not just $2. Jason apparently is waving a picture, I think, of Edward Deming. Oh, my gosh. You know that's Edward Deming. That's and awesome. So what would Edward Deming do? We're going to have Edward Deming be a guest on This Agile Life right now. He's going to come back from the dead because, <laughs> of course, he lived from 1900 to 1993. But what Edward Deming would coach us right now, you know, as a, as a former consultant that focused on process improvement, is to look for simple improvements that you could implement for low cost, leveraging the assets you already have in place. The idea I have, the simple experiment would be to say, if we committed to advertising the specific time when we were going to record a podcast and really then, you know, use that to drive activity. So Amos, as you mentioned, you know, you tweet when we start, but you know, maybe people have already, they've gone out for the night, they're driving their car. So the experiment would be to say, we're going to advertise that like 48 hours in advance. It means we've got to commit to, we're hitting that time, but for the Blaming. most- but for the most part, we already do that. And the question would then, or the experiment would then be to see if we advertise that information, which represents almost zero process change for us, will that give us some user input and we'll get some tweets or some questions or maybe some people online and then we could reflect on this. Well, and the big thing is they don't have to tweet while we're here. Yeah, but they could, it would be like a reminder and then maybe they tweet something Again, at the last responsible moment, so that we have that, and when we're like, hey, guys, what are we going to talk about tonight? Hey, Amos, what are you going to improve? Well, nothing, because I don't need to, you know? Um, <laughs> then, 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 you know, instead of having that conversation, which uh, maybe is getting old, you know, we would have some new ideas to talk about that come in real time. I can't get over that. I can't get past the... I don't know. I can't even breathe right now. I'm, well, that's I'm my flabbergasted. And I'm going to propose that as a pragmatic for those of you that are still looking for those retrospective coaching tips. You know, this is where we want to get to in the retro. We have an actionable outcome. So we've got a plan. And really, there's nothing aside from as a group committing that we could do this to stop us from doing this experiment right now, really for the next few weeks. And then we can see if it works. I think that's so we can move into, Jason, your favorite phase of the retrospective. <gasps> Decide what to do! Where, where we take the insights that we've gathered, that we've spent some time gathering insights on three topics, planning, focus, and involvement of our listeners, and now we can come up with and agree on the actions that we're going to take to improve. 
So Absolutely, what? John. Perfect. I, I move we go on. Why don't we go back to topic number one, planning, and see if we can get some suggestions from folks on do we need to make improvements in our planning process, and if so, what are those improvements that you could recommend? Craig, you seem to be excited about, not excited, but maybe excited is an over-characterization of the truth, but you were interested in making planning-based improvements. Compared to Amos and Tice, I could never be excited. Um, That's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just need a few days' notice to like read up on a topic a little bit. You know, spend just an hour or two. Step well, one is to have the email password <laughs> for your working. email account so, so that when I email you and say we're having the show, you know. Well, yes, that's not a wee thing, but yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or real life. I think the other thing to, call, yeah. to draw focus to is... We have, if you haven't listened, and I, I've listened to a lot, of, well, I actually listened to all the episodes, we have different types of episodes. And I think, Craig, to your point, if we're having a guest or we're doing what I'm going to call a feature episode where we're focusing on a specific topic, I think there really maybe as, as a group of hosts, we need to commit that we're going to engage in a certain amount of planning and call it research. But other episodes where we kind of, it's more open discussion to what Amos talked about, then, you know, it's, it's okay to kind of, you know, we, I'll use the term, we fly by the seat of our pants. I don't think there's a problem with that. I think just most of the time we need more planning. But uh, but to be uh, res- more more notice, I guess more okay, notice. But, but to and again, it's a real life team thing. To be respectful to each other's expectations, maybe up front we could decide what type of episode are we going to do this week. Are we going to do a feature episode where we kind of need to make sure we're on the same page about you know a, a guest or maybe a blog post or a video, or are we just going to have an open discussion kind of like this where that planning or that research up front on that topic is not required. Agreed. I would also like to maybe use the Google Plus community as a mechanism. Initially, that this was part of the idea behind the Google Plus community was that we could use that community as a way to converse amongst ourselves as well as engage with our listener audience to come up with potential topics for future shows so that we so- could get organized, get community involvement at the same time, and come up with a great set of topics. So in other words, we shall explore the avenue of naked planning for podcasts. Naked planning? Out in the open? I don't want to see any of you naked. Like a, we are going to let it all hang out there. Everyone will see what we do to prepare for this. Like a I naked, love that. Like a naked bootleg, not like a naked Amos. <laughs> I actually committed to doing that experiment, doing transparent planning for a user group um, in St. Louis here, and I haven't done the greatest job of it this year. But then I was saying, like, all the instead of sending a bunch of emails back between the organizers, we were going to do it all, like, on a meetup group so the whole community could see the banter back and forth to figure out what we're actually going to present. So, um, unfortunately, I can't share an experience that that worked really well, but it sure would be interesting to try. So what I documented... Should we share our back channel on this thing? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> So what I documented as an improvement in the planning realm was to give the host three to four days lead notice on the date and time of the recording and the potential topics. Does that sound acceptable? Yeah. And I think that we were. We were doing like a week out planning there for a while. And then like the last couple weeks have been, hey, can you guys do this on Thursday? And it's Tuesday. I have to step up and say that failure is my own because I actually have employed an assistant, right, Mandy? Uh, more. Mandy's awesome. She's great. Thank you, Mandy, for all you do. But I kind of have fallen down on engaging her to arrange the uh, the date and time for the podcast. So I will step it up in that so, regard and get her so back John engaged. has failed to delegate. He needs to play delegation poker. Yes. 
So the other one, John, as the facilitator that I articulated, that I did not hear you re-articulate, was the idea of saying, as a group of hosts, do we agree to different classes of service for our podcasts? And based upon the class of service, that would dictate the amount of playing that's required. Spoken like an MBA. No, an enterprise architect. <laughs> you are saying whether or not we do a feature-based episode, or you, you had another example, or a name I for. would call it ad hoc, or maybe open. And the nature is, if a episode is decided to be a feature episode, there is a topic and there is an expectation amongst us that there would be some amount of kind of prep required. Whereas if it's an ad hoc or an open episode, we're just going to talk about whatever's on our mind. So. You know, really, if someone wants to join at the last minute, they know they can do that without running the risk of disrespecting someone else who may have done planning. Okay. So, uh, so think about the scenario. If we're having a plan discussion, someone pops in at the last minute, Amos, and maybe hasn't, you know, done. I know that's a, that's a horrible comment for a retro, but. Uncalled for. Wait, wait. Oh. And, and you were the, 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 the pop-in guy. <laughs> I am not the hop-in guy. I'm the I'm always here guy unless I'm sick. Oh. This is Craig. I'm the hop-in guy. <laughs> but nonetheless, nonetheless, again, real life, who's ever seen that on a team? I should see everyone's hands up here. This happens all the time. So to me, this is having a way of working amongst ourselves that we agree upon, and we understand it. It's easy. It's it's explicit. So do we like this, or am I crazy? John's waving his hands at me. Because Amos is doing rude gestures. Oh. Um. <laughs> Well, I think we should take a lesson from Howard Stern, and we need to offer a premium video channel of all of our podcasts that we can make a lot of money off of. <laughs> our naked planning. Yes. <laughs> well, we might behave then. Oh. So I heard the improvement there, Jason, was to declare the type of episode ahead of time, wh whether it be a topic-based episode or an ad hoc episode, and then we can use the declaration of the upcoming episode to properly plan for what we need to do to prepare for that recording. Yeah. And then based upon how much time we have to invest in it, we can use capacity allocation to decide how many ad hoc episodes we'll have and how many planned episodes we'll have. Okay, stop. No. Okay, no. That was a joke. No. That was a joke. Small change at a time. Shut up, architect. <laughs> no telling people to shut up during a retrospective. I'm sorry. John gets a gold medal for having to facilitate this with us. <laughs> it was, it was I it. don't normally drink during a retrospective, but <laughs> I was, think I'm going to start. <laughs> Amos, it was quite interesting. Uh, as an interesting side note, when I presented at the recent STL Ruby group and we did the mob programming exercise, yep. one of the attendees came up to me afterwards and said, you're one of the most patient people I've ever met. <laughs> you, you tell him you spent a lot of time with me? <laughs> <laughs> I just point it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. fantastic. Back on topic. Okay, focus. What could we do? Oh, we were all focused there for a second. Whoop. What could we do to focus more during the podcast? I don't know. I think that the organic conversation is going to happen no matter what. I could be more strict with things. You know, I think what happens a lot is there's a topic, and then a, one of the co-hosts will say, well, what about when this situation occurs? That's usually the motivator that drives us down a rabbit hole. Well, now that Tice is not here, can I say that it's usually, well, what about this trust issue that we have? <laughs> it's funny that you should bring up trust the moment that Tice has to step away and then you talk about him behind his back. You're an enigma wrapped in a riddle. <laughs> I don't mind bringing that up when he gets back. He, he knows that he does that because he and I have spoken about it before. 
I, now I wish he was here so that we could talk this out. Like, well, I know how to focus. Listen more than you talk. That's hard on a podcast. Because we're... Uh, there's four of us. It sh- you should be listening more than talking. Oh, absolutely. If there's four of us, we should only speak about a quarter of the time, right? Yeah, but I think uh, combined, Jason and Amos speak more than 100% of the time. <laughs> I don't know how, how that's humanly possible. Because they but... talk over each other a lot. Ah, yes. So there's a program that one of our picks was last week that you can actually download on your phone and we can figure this out. I think that'd be fun to try out. But Mandy you know, could probably tell us actually by looking at the waveforms. <laughs> I would also like to, before we, and maybe Jason might have something different to say on this topic, but before we make some official actions for improvement in the area of focus, I would actually like to get some feedback from our listening audience because I think that the focus issue affects them more than it affects us. We're fine with jumping around and going into rabbit holes and then coming back out of them and popping from this topic over to that topic. So if we could maybe table that one and wait and see if we get any listener feedback on the issue of our focus, then we can revisit that at our next retrospective. So let's collect some more metrics now that Jason's back. As well as add to the backlog the topic of people that leave during the retrospective and come back. I think that's okay. I mean, you know, you had to use the bathroom. That's cool. It's better than peeing in a styrofoam cup at your desk. (laughs) Okay, so this has been a background talk for a while, so I'm just going to go ahead and open it up. We were recording a podcast, and I have a geek desk, so I can stand up. And I was standing up and recording, and I really had to go to the bathroom. And I kept thinking, we're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. And we weren't. Amos, I just had that feeling. During the podcast... Nobody even knew till afterwards when I told them I peed into a styrofoam cup. You're welcome. <laughs> How do you follow? Think we should edit that out. How do you follow that? <laughs> I think we follow that by editing it out. What? Uh, I don't know. I would like to make a discussion. I will now give a lightning talk about pair programming and a piece called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Pair Programming as written by John Sextro. Wear deodorant. Have it one. And by the way, we're going to add a number eight. Don't pee at your desk in a cup. So, (laughs) (laughs) all Uh, right, let's move on. So, John, the facilitator, has the challenge of wow, the retro is really off track right now. How do I get it back on track so we can generate value out of this discussion? We we need to figure out what we're going to do differently to try to involve our listeners. That's our our last topic that requires us to come up with a suggestion for an improvement. So can I ask then, since I like to coach teams to get ideally one action out of a retro, because if you have a long list, the things just don't get done. How is that different from what we've already talked about with the idea of trying to advertise our topics three to four days in advance so people can participate? That was a suggestion, so we just need to re-clarify that as, and agree so, on it as our action for improvement. So can we Roman vote on that here? We can all see each other on Skype, so we could Roman vote. The thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, so my proposal via Roman vote would be that that, an action for that has already been articulated by our prior action to say that if we advertise the specific time that we'll be recording, hopefully we'll get some more input in advance of that recording session from our listeners via one of our existing channels that we have out there for feedback. Okay, if you think it's a good idea, give a thumbs up. Ready, set, go. All right, I think it should be Tice's job. It's four thumbs up. So you have all that, and now Amos has nominated me, which I like that as a challenge because that will challenge me to be more active on social media, something where, unfortunately, I'm not very active. That's why I picked you. Oh. 
Okay. It's a way for you to grow and help the I, podcast. I want you to engage our listeners you want more than more than I engage. And I think Craig should be your backup. Can I probe the Amos like I probe you? Sure. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so the Agile Factor will be probing the This Agile Life audience. Tice doesn't mean that in a dirty way. He doesn't have a dirty bone in his body. I just thought our listeners should know. Okay. I would like to quickly wrap up our retrospective for today and go over our three suggestions for improvement and the actions that we're going to take. Number one, give the host three to four days lead notice of, on the date and time of the recording and the potential topics. Number two, declare the episode type ahead of time so that we can do the necessary preparation for the recording. And number three, engage with our community 48 hours before the scheduled recording time. And Jason is going to take the action on number three. I'm going to do a better job with getting the lead notice out for the podcast by re-engaging with uh, the help that we've contracted with through Mandy to help us better schedule our uh, podcasts. And then I think we can all work on the coming up with the episode type and the topics. So can I ask a question about yes. my action that I've been delegated? Do I have to do that for all episodes? Let's see how it goes. Start with okay. the, the, the first couple. I'll, I'll see. And if I can't do it, I'll, uh, well, I, I guess I have a deputy. Craig is my deputy. Good. Craig, are you deputized? Yep. Okay. I'll deputize my cat right here that's standing right in front of me. You all know how that works, Craig. That means you're going to do it all. You get a yep. 10 star, Craig. Good retrospective, team. I want cookies. You didn't bring any cookies, John. All right, let's do our picks. I've never had a retro with cookies. Oh. Holy crap, I forgot about picks. Ah, picks. This week's hottest picks. Okay, Craig, you're up first with our picks. All right, uh, my first pick is called Spurious Correlations. The URL, uh, you'll have to go to the episode to get the link. It's pretty funny. Um, it's got things like the correlation between the divorce rate in Maine and the per capita consumption of margarine in the U.S. Uh, the correlation coefficient on that is 0 0.99, so very highly correlated. Probably no causation in there, I'm going to guess. So it's got a whole bunch of things that it finds correlations, strong correlations that probably have no relationship to each other. Um, the next one is rainbow parentheses. So in your text editor, it gives each pair of parentheses a different color. So it's much, much easier to tell which one you're closing. It's a Vim um, plugin, right? Look this up. I'm not actually going to provide a URL because there are plugins for Vim, Emacs, Sublime Text, and I think other things. Another plugin I just recently found out about, uh, I read an article, and I'm going to link to this article, but it's something called semantic highlighting. It's basically the same idea, but you give each variable name a different color in the text editor. Or actually, it does that for you automatically with these plugins. And there's plugins for different languages and uh, different text editors. So really cool ideas. Nice picks, Craig. Thank you. Jason, what are your picks? Okay, everyone out there, I know that you're wanting to come and see This Agile Life Live. And I want everyone to come and see This Agile Life Live at the 2014 Agile Games Conference that will be held in Boston, actually at Cambridge at MIT, June 2nd through the 4th, where you will have your chance to enjoy nine presenters, five feature games, five hours of open space, a party at Med Hall with lots of food, beer, stuff, and best of all, one live episode of This Agile Life on Monday evening, June 2nd. So if you haven't registered, check it out, uh, www.agilegames2014.com. Come join uh, a bunch of great presenters, as well as myself, John, and uh, Lee Macaulay will be there from This Agile Life. We're going to have a great live event on Monday evening. So check that out. 
Another pick for tonight, if you haven't ever tried it, something that um, we've tried and it's actually really helped us on the podcast. So when I was reflecting for the retro tonight, check out Google Docs, now called Drive or Google Drive. It's neat because you can have multiple people editing the exact same document, spreadsheet, PowerPoint, whatever, at the exact same time. You get little icons to show you who's changing what. It's an incredibly collaborative platform. It actually will change the way you think and share information. So if you have a distributed team and you've never tried uh, Google Drive, check it out. It's free, so there's nothing stopping you. And those are my picks for tonight, John. Thanks, Jason. I'm really excited about Agile Games 2014. I can't wait. My picks tonight, the first one is actually a comment or a statement from a gentleman named Jim Rohn. The statement is, you're the average of the five people with who we spend the most time. So if you think about who are the five people that you spend the most time with, the theory is that you behave most like those five people. And in addition to that particular statement, I think I want would like for everyone to consider the idea of starting up a mastermind group. This is something that I'm actively working on uh, putting together is a mastermind group around Agile. And I've got a link to a Lifehacker article to help folks get started with starting a mastermind. That's my first pick. My second pick is the Agile link. Piggyback on the, the idea of a live recording of this Agile life out in public. We're going to be doing one at the St. Louis Agile link on June 18th. And for those in St. Louis, I've got a link to the Agile Link group on LinkedIn. The last one I have is that we now have this Agile Life vinyl stickers. And if you'd like a vinyl sticker, go ahead and send me a tweet. Send us a tweet at this Agile Life, and uh, we'll connect with you and get your address and send you out a, a handful of stickers via the old uh, snail mail. So those are my picks, and let's go over to Amos. He gets to finish this out tonight. So um, my first pick is from Heinrich Nyberg on the Chris blog, The Solution to Technical Debt. It's a, uh, a little, just an article, but what I really like about Heinrich's articles on there, especially about tech debt, is the uh, graphs that he has. They have no numbers, but they're just like how tech debt actually works, and they're pretty good for explaining to customers. And then I just wanted to piggyback on Tice talking about the Agile 2014 Games Conference. I will actually be be remote, but I will be in South Carolina, so if anybody is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina that week, you can shoot me a Twitter message at Adcron, and maybe we can grab some lunch or dinner. Great picks, guys. That's all we have time for today. I'd like to do a little cross-promotion and uh, mention to you that if you're a mobile developer or an aspiring mobile developer and you'd like to learn more about iOS and uh, uh, development for iOS devices, check out our iOS podcast. The name of the podcast is IOS Podcast, and you can find it on iTunes or at iosepodcast.com. And of course, check out thisagilelife.com for these show notes and all of our past episodes. Thanks for listening and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.